Thanks for listening to our Faith Church podcast. Let's listen to today's message. This, this week we're talking still about loving more, but we're talking about part three, and I want to show you a video in a few minutes. Uh, but we're, we talked the first week about sharing the gospel and how important it is to share the gospel and so many ministries that we support that are sharing the gospel. Last week we talked about making disciples and how important it is that it is to make disciples and so many ministries that we support do that. And now we want to talk about children. And honestly, I believe this is the heaviest one for me. It's the weightiest one. I don't know if you're paying attention to what's going on, but the world is out to destroy our children. And I know some people don't believe that, and that's fine. But everywhere I look, everything I see, we're, they're in a fight for our children, for their minds, for their morals, for their health. There is such an attack on children. Uh, I, I said it in the first service, and I really am asking the Lord about it because I've never seen it this bad with what's going on with children in our society as well as around the world. Uh, just such an onslaught. Uh, against our children and it reminds me of two times in the Bible where there was an onslaught against children when the day of Moses was born and the day Jesus was born and there was such an onslaught against children and it's the destructive nature of the world right now and satanic forces are just overwhelming I'm shocked at some of the things that I'm seeing not only the world do but even Christians allowing uh, even in their own children, in their families, not realizing that the enemy is sowing seed for their destruction. And God wants to raise up uh, those believers who will help children and who will help save them, help disciple them, and help uh, protect them, and help them grow in their faith. And we really are in a real fight for the children. And to see what's going on in our world, it's scary. But I always know... When the world ramps up against children, again, as I look at the word, when the world ramps up against children, Satan knows something's coming. And so I believe there's a great revival coming and the enemy's really trying to destroy children. All the more our children need Jesus. All the more our children need to be in church. All the more our children need to be in the presence of God. All the more our children need to know the word. And for the children to know the word, that means our parents need to know the word. And the parents need to be in church. And the parents need to worship. You can't disciple somebody to do something you don't know how to do. Well, I'll teach them how to worship. Do you even know how to worship? And so I'll teach them how to read the word. Do you read the word? And so we need our, we help our children in a greater measure. And there's so many ministries. And this ministry, these ministries is honestly where we put our most money. We, put our, we, we give out, as I told you uh, the last couple of weeks, we, this year we've given out over $335,000 to missions and outreaches. And that's a lot of money, but a large chunk of it goes towards children, towards helping children, um, because we realize how important the children were to Jesus and are to Jesus. We can't forget about children. We've got to keep our, our focus on them and helping children. So I want to show you the last video I've got for you this morning um, on some of the different ministries that help the children and their impact both here in Rochester and around the world. Go ahead and show that. Hi, everybody. This week, we are talking about helping children with Loving More, and we support some incredible ministries that their focus are the children. And we just want to emphasize some of these to you, like Compass Care. I've been there. We have talked to the director there, and the things that they are doing with their mother care program and giving women hope that decide to keep their babies is pretty incredible. You know, when you think about what's going on in the world in regards to children, it's pretty intense. It is. And it's heartbreaking to see the needs. Mm -hmm. You look around and see what's going on, even on the streets of oh, yes. New York and the yes. communities. You go into some of these that we support in Africa this, and the communities where the, the children have nowhere to go. In Haiti, where right. the one we support, where the what are yeah, thousands? They, thousands of orphans they feed every single day. I'm talking daily. It's incredible. The needs are really high. Huge. And we don't realize how important it is that we support all of these children, that we are able to help lift them up 
and be able to give them hope and encouragement and nourishment uh, for their body, soul, and spirit. So check out some of these ministries that we are showing you today. The J. Peter Gruitz Medical Center was founded in 1987 and is a primary healthcare facility that serves the rural area of the Artibonit Valley in Haiti. Located in Bacazel, the medical center is open to the public daily and is staffed by Haitian medical doctors and registered nurses who are able to best serve their community. Rama's healthcare focus is to serve the greatest needs of the Haitian community in the following ways. HIV screenings, TB screenings, vaccinations, and free well visits for children zero to five years old. Nana Ministry, led by Dr. Lynn Lucas, is an outreach program of Fountainhead Congregation in East Northport. Nana Ministry supports many families on Long Island every week with food, clothing, personal needs, and children's toys. The need has grown so that we're having so many more families. The pantry has given out 116,750 pounds, and that is equivalent to 58 tons. You're part of what we do. We could not do it without all the help that we get. And I'm just here to say thank you. Thank you from all of our pantry staff. Thank you from the people that receive the food. Encouragers Unlimited Ministries is led by John and Molly Stern. Under this umbrella, King's Kids Village in Nairobi, Kenya, is now being led by their daughter and son-in-law, Lydia and Trey Mirundu. KKV provides Kenyan children, either orphaned or made vulnerable by extenuating circumstances, abandonment, poverty, or sickness, a home where they can be cared for in a family again. They believe in keeping siblings together no matter their age or health status. They believe in education and faith-based values and are committed to seeing each child reach their full potential and be trained in a skill or even go to college. Their intended purpose is that all of the children who come to us, having faced the reality of loss, pain, confusion, and hopelessness, come to feel the embrace of God's love and belonging. Destiny Christian School and Preschool. Rochester is known as the fifth poorest city in the nation with 31% of our residents living below the poverty line. 73% of students in Rochester have single parents, many of whom struggle to make ends meet. Our community really needs students to succeed and become productive members of society. Faith Church is committed to the children of Rochester. The mission of Destiny School is to provide a Christ-centered education that fulfills the plans and purposes of God by developing spiritually sound students who are academically prepared and able to defend their faith. The school accepts students of all economic backgrounds with a desire to make sure all children are given every chance to excel in their academics and with their walk with Christ. Compass Care provides ethical medical services and comprehensive community support to women seriously considering abortion. Women considering abortion who came to Compass Care changed their minds after receiving the life-saving services and went on to have their babies. My baby, she is beautiful. She is everything to me. She's literally a blessing, a miracle, yeah. Compass Care cares about females like me, young girls that are afraid. Stay strong and keep believing in yourself and be brave. In 2022, Compass Care has been under attack in multiple ways. It was just after 3 a.m. Tuesday when police and fire were called here to Compass Care Pregnancy Services in Amherst. Compass Care CEO Jim Harden held a news conference saying this was no accident. This is the face of abortion, ladies and gentlemen. This is the face of abortion. Compass Care has continued to offer services to women that are in need. Faith Church supports Compass Care in their efforts to help save lives and save children. Turn with me, if you would, to Mark chapter 9. Mark chapter 9. I'm proud of all the ministries that we support, but I'm, I can tell you we could spend so much more even today. There's, the needs are that great. 
Um, it's just amazing how much the, the needs have grown for the areas of children. And I believe God, this is on the heart of God. This really is. And Mark chapter 9, Jesus is speaking with his disciples. And starting at verse 33, going to verse 37. And it says, after they arrived at Capernaum and settled in a house, Jesus asked the disciples, what were you discussing out on the road? But they didn't answer because they had been arguing over which one of them was the greatest. He sat down and he called the twelve disciples over to him then and said, whoever wants to be first must take last place and be the servant of everyone else. Then he put a little child among them, taking the child in his arms and said to them, anyone who welcomes a little child like this on my behalf welcomes me. And anyone who welcomes me welcomes not only me, but also my father who sent me. I want to break this down for a minute. The disciples were doing what some of us do, is they were thinking about their life, thinking about their life, thinking about how can I do something great, how can I be great, how can I make a big impact, and how can I be... A lot of times people want to be recognized, they want to be seen, they want to be validated, they want all these different things, and they want influence, and... When you see this story, Jesus addresses the issue of greatness. He addresses the issue of, if you want to be great, you need to learn to serve. You need to learn to be humble. But then he gives an explanation of it, which Jesus would always give these very um, different uh, explanations, different examples that nobody would have thought of. He did this all the time. And, and I would never have thought of this, but when you see it, you realize God's ways, he thinks different than we think. And so when I look at this passage, and they're fighting over who wants to be the greatest, and they're fighting over being uh, people of popularity or whatever it was, Jesus looked at them and said, well, you've got to learn to serve. And then he grabs a child. He grabs a child. I don't know whose child this was. I don't know where he grabbed them from. And, but he grabbed the child and he put the child in his arms and he said to them, if you help them, you're helping me. If you focus on them, that will make you great. If you focus on the children, see your focus is on what I can do to be great, what I can do to have position, what I can do to have influence, but he says, but I'm telling you, I need you to focus on the children. I want you to focus on children. I understand what you want. I understand what you're trying to do. You're not unusual because a lot of people think that way. But if you focus, you grab a child, you start to bless them. You start to impart into them. You start to uh, help them. He said, when you do that, you're doing it. On my behalf, you're doing it because that's what I want. You're doing it. This is what I think great looks like. This is what I think influence looks like. This is what I think is important. And when you're doing that, not only am I happy about it, but my Father in Heaven's happy about it. And he really kind of always, Jesus would always set things in right order. When you think about your life, I know some people think about their life, they think about leaving a legacy or making a difference or investing and what can I invest in and what should I be investing in and what's going to make a real difference and some people think about investing in a place where they can see recognition. You know, you see buildings around Rochester and it's the this building, Galasano building or it's the Walk building or whatever it is and people invest their money for recognition. They want to, they want to see their name and they want to see recognition. They want to be recognized for their wealth and for their philanthropy. They want to be recognized for their giving. Others want influence. They want access. When you have money, money gives you access into places. And it gets you access into people. And so they want influence. And they want to have this. And they want to have that. Some people, with their money, they just want more money. They'll invest just so they have more money. There's many different reasons people go through. When you have a little bit extra, when you have something, where do you want to invest it? What are you trying to put it in? And Jesus is saying, listen, if you want to be great, I want you to focus on children. 
I want you to help the children. I want you to serve the children. I want you to turn the eyes on children because children need help. And I can tell you children need help nowadays more than ever before. Our children are hurting. Our children are struggling. You heard the video from last week with with, uh, Agape Counseling, and they say they have children now as young as six years old in there for regular appointments for mental health. That's a real situation. Those are real. You, you talk to professionals, you talk to teachers, you can see the mental health needs amongst children are great. You can see the, the health situations amongst children. You can see the poverty situations. Uh, I, I've been learning more about what's going on, not only in Rochester, but around the, the country and around the world as I've talked to different church leaders and different ones. I was talking to one uh, recently in Maine, when Pastor Darrell and I went to Maine, and we were talking to some pastors there. And I always understood the poverty we have going on in Rochester, but I didn't understand rural poverty and the depths of rural poverty that we have in our nation. Poverty in the rural areas is very deep. And, and the pastors there told us, they said, we're trying to figure out what to do because whenever the children aren't in school, there is no food for them in many of their homes. In fact, Christmas break, we don't know what we're going to do because many times at Christmas break, they don't eat at all. They scrounge for something to eat. And we're trying to figure out what we're supposed to do as a church. The needs are huge. I talked to Pastor Eugenio, communicate with him over in Africa, and the greatest needs he's got is with the children and the issues going on with children, the problems that children are dealing with, with poverty and with just parents or lack of parents or even children who have parents in the home, but they're not parenting. Some of the parents are, are dealing with their own issues, their own stuff, and they can't even be uh, the parent that they need to be. The, the issues are huge. And, of course, you know what's going on in America. I talked about it a few months ago and all the stuff that's going on with our children and the, the attacks on their minds, upon their health, even their moral. The, the enemy wants to break our children down. He wants to break them down so they don't even know who they are. The identity issues are massive. I was talking with somebody recently who had taken their children for their regular checkups, and they have a couple children that were around two and four years old, and when they got to the appointment, the nurse said, well, do your children know what their gender is yet? Now, please understand, they're not talking their biological birth sex. They're talking about have they chosen a gender. Please know what that means. This is an agenda. And I want you to understand, there's a lot of highly educated people who are not very smart. Just because you have a high education doesn't make you smart. The enemy can use people that have education or no education. And sometimes we say, well, that's a doctor. Well, that's a teacher. Well, that's a, so we should just defer to their, uh, their education. I'm not deferring to any spirit. I don't care what your education is. My child's gender, the James gender, is when he was born, and she was born as their birth sex. There's no confusion. And see, there's some, there's some people even in the church who are like, well, I don't know. What do you mean you don't know? And see, this is the problem because it's the, ultimately it's the destruction of their identity. It's the destruction of the family. It's the destruction of the family unit, and it's, which is one of the cores to the, the Christian walk is having a, a family, a father and a mother and children, and knowing who you are as a male and a female in Christ. I, I don't get to choose. I, I get to walk out who God's called me to be. And our children are not even given that chance. There are surgeries that are being started in children as young as five and six and seven years old. To me, that's child abuse. And so, but yet, highly educated people would argue with me, and I'm not going to argue with them, They just don't know what they're talking about because they're abusing children. And to me, we are in a fight for the souls of our children. That's why I said I'm wrestling with what what went on in Moses' day and Jesus' day. Something's going on where it's just a full-on attack against our children. It bothers me greatly. And this is why pastors are trying to figure out what do we need to do to save children? What do we need to do uh, to help children. And, and I want you to hear this. It's hard because when you just... Thanks for joining us.
potentials. There's got to be a shifting. Jesus thought children were important. How many times did Jesus speak about children? Numerous times he would refer to children. And disciples would sometimes push them away and say, get the children out. And Jesus said, no, 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 wait. I, I, the children are more important than you think. And as I, I've talked, Pastor Darrell and I have been talking to different pastors. And they look at me and say, you know, we're talking to pastors in Maine. We're talking to pastors in North Carolina and Florida, different places. And they're like, oh, I wish... I wish we could have a school. I said, start a school. They said, well, it's expensive. I said, it's really expensive. It's super expensive. But how many souls are you going to save? How many lives are you going to change? And you have to make a choice. Are the children important or aren't they? And a lot of people would try to defer, say, well, the government can do it. The government doesn't know what they're doing. They do not. They're trying their best. But when you're under a spirit of deception, you're just deceived. I, I can't, I, when someone's deceived and they're talking to me sounding really smart, but they're deceived, I can't help them. Because a spirit's taken over their mind, they don't even know they're under a spirit, and they're trying their best. They think they're really smart, but demons are all over them. And this is what we're dealing with, and this is what Jesus would address many times, is we've got to focus on children. Children need our help now more than ever. The costs are great. And I know that we've been talking these past few weeks about sharing the gospel, making disciples, and helping children. But it all works together. Every one of these ministries, it all works together. We share the gospel all the time in these different ministries. When you go to Compass Care, they're not just saving babies in the womb. They're saving mothers to get saved and know Jesus Christ. When you see the missions over in Africa, and I talked to Pastor Eugenio, he's not only helping children get fed, but he's saving families and discipling and planting a church in that community. And this is what we are part of. This is what we're supporting. And this is something, these are rewards that we can take to heaven with us. Because there's a lot of stuff you're not going to take to heaven with you. You know that car you really like? It ain't going. You ain't driving that car. That might look nice. You might feel really slick behind the wheel. But it, it ain't going with you. What do I need a car for if I can fly? If I can, if I don't, there's no gravity. What do I need a car for? What do I need a car for? You know, you think about, and he's already said he's building me a house. So I'm not taking my house with me. Stuff we think is important. Our, our stocks are about, you know, that's, that's great, but you, you're not going to cash out in heaven. There's no offshore bank account called heaven. The bank account is when we invest into the kingdom of God. When we invest, then God says, oh, I see you, and I see what you're doing, because children are worth the investment. Go with me to 1 John chapter 3. 1 John chapter 3. 1 John chapter 3, that's over near Revelation, towards the end. 1 John 3, 16 through 19. We know what real love is because Jesus gave up his life for us. So we also ought to give up our lives for our brothers and sisters. If someone has enough money to live well and sees a brother or sister in need but shows no compassion, how can God's love be in that person? Dear children, let us not merely say we love each other, but let us show the truth by our actions. Our actions will show that we belong to the truth, so we will be confident when we stand before God. You know, when I think about this passage, I know there's people, and it says if someone has enough money to live well, I know there's some of us, we live well. Our basic needs are covered. There's some that struggle, and I recognize that. And we've helped many people, and there's some that really do have a hard time. There's others you've done well. Through the years, you've done well. You've maintained, you've been able to grow financially. For some people, what it means to live well is you're able to go buy basically what you want when you, can, when you want. If you need a new outfit, you can go buy a new outfit. If you need something at the store, you can run to the store and buy it. You have the means to do it. If you need a new chair, you can buy a new chair. You need a new TV, 
might be smaller, but you can buy a TV. You can buy, certainly everybody buys a new phone every few years, so that we don't need. And so there's, there's things we, we have money for. And he says, if you have money to do well, but you don't show compassion to those in need, how can you say God's love's in you? You know, the word of God has an amazing way of hitting to the heart of us. If I say, I love God with all my heart, and I don't show compassion financially towards anybody, I'm just trying to raise my stock portfolio. I'm trying to, you know, get my insurance. I'm trying to do all these things that are just... Or I'm trying to give towards things that give me access or things that give me influence. But you don't show compassion to those who have need. There's a question on the table, is God's love really in you, like you think? And that's not a question I can answer, but that's a question that we can go before the Lord. Say, Lord, do I really love you the way I think I do? I see the needs. It doesn't take much to look around. And I realize that some of the different organizations that are non-Christian, some do a good job, some do a terrible job. Some, some take a lot of it, and they put it towards things that they shouldn't, and I see that. For me, I want to give towards those things that make a difference for the gospel. There's too many things, there's too many kids that need to be saved, there's too many kids that need to be uh, educated, there's too many kids that need to be discipled. The need is great. It is significant. And we have to show our love. And when we show our love, God blesses us and God pours into us in ways that maybe we didn't realize. Because I want you to understand how this works for us. Go with me to Deuteronomy chapter 15. Deuteronomy 15 Verse 10 and 11, it says, Give generously to the poor, not grudgingly, for the Lord your God will bless you in everything you do. Let me, let, me, let me back up. Give generously to the poor, not grudgingly, for the Lord your God will bless you, the Lord your God will bless you in everything you do. There will always be some in the land who are poor. That's why I'm commanding you to share freely with the poor and with others in need. God loves it when we're generous. God loves it. You read scriptures about generosity all the time. Just do a search on generosity. Do a search on giving. Do a search. You'll see how many times God loves it when we give, when we're cheerful givers. We see that in Corinthians. He loves a cheerful giver. And God's, and generous people, you might need to write this down, generous people get God's attention. Generous people get God's attention. I'll give you some scriptures to back it up. Proverbs 22, 9. Blessed are those who are generous because they feed the poor. Blessed. Well, who's who's blessing me? God. Proverbs eleven twenty five. The generous will prosper. Well, who's prospering me? God. Those who refresh others will themselves be refreshed. Well, who's refreshing me? God. Psalm one one twelve verse nine. Psalm one twelve verse nine. They share freely and give generously to those in need, and their good deeds will be remembered forever by who? God. And they will have influence and honor. Why? Because God gives you influence. And gives you honor. When you give generously. And you give to the Lord. You get God's attention. Let me, let me bring you to a story. Pastor Rob talked about first. I don't know if you talked about second service. But in the first service. He talked about the women. With the, the, that gave the two little coins. And Jesus was standing nearby. And saw the coins. And. Though the two coins would mean nothing to anybody else, Jesus knew what those two coins meant to her. 
But I want you to think about this. Every time you give, Jesus is watching you give. He sees every time you give and every time you don't. He sees every time you give to somebody in need, whether it's privately or whether you give something big. He sees when you're giving for attention, whether you're giving for recognition, whether you're giving for this, or he sees when you're giving to help the least. Jesus sees it all. Let me take it a little further and see if this gets you mad. Let's say, we used to do this back in the day, part of this. We used to have the congregation come and bring their offering to the front. Anybody remember those days? We'd bring our offering to the front. And so we used to march up. We'd have an offering song. Everybody would be marching and shaking hands. I'd be like, oh, you are here at church. I didn't and so. And so we'd be greeting people, and they'd march up, and it was great. But let's pretend, because I never did this, nor will I, but let's pretend that Pastor Darrell and I stood by the bucket and actually watched and counted how much money you put in. Some people would be mad. Who do they think they are? I'll give whatever I want. I'm not standing at the bucket, but Jesus is. And Jesus is looking at our heart to give. Because really, giving comes out of the heart. The truth, and I don't mean this offensive, but the truth is, some people just don't have a heart to give. They just don't. Oh, pastor, I'd love to give. Well, then, I know people who love to give, give. Because I know people. And I've been around people long enough that when we have a heart to give, it's more than just lip service. We know that we want to give. And this little woman, as she's standing before Jesus, she's saying, here's what I'm giving. And Jesus goes, I see you. I see you. And I'm going to bless you. Because I know you're being generous because I know what you don't have. And I know what you're giving. And I'm going to bless you. What I've understood about the blessing of God is God sees me. And even at times when I do things, God sees me and he knows my heart towards giving. And he knows, he knows, better than I know, he knows whether he's first in my life or he's not. I can tell everybody else a story, but when it comes to the truth, is God first? Am I really willing to give him my tithe, my offerings? Is he really first? Do I really love God with all my heart? And you say, well, pastor, you're just trying to stir up a good offering. I'm not. Listen, hear me. If you don't want to give, please don't give because God is not happy with a grumpy giver. That's right. That's right. That's right. That's right. No grumpy giving. Well, you guilted me in it. No guilty giving. I'm not trying to guilt you into nothing. I'm trying for you to see that God sees you. And God sees your heart towards giving. And God loves a cheerful giver. He loves a generous giver. And the word of God says, and I'm just telling you the word of God, he blesses those who give. He blesses a generous giver. He prospers a generous giver. He opens doors of favor to generous givers. He gives them positions and gives them promotions. I've watched God do it over and over and over again because that's what God does. Sometimes your giving is tied to your miracle, your healing, your breakthrough, over and over again. Because every time you give, you're saying, I trust God. Because even if I lose my job, I trust God. Even if the United States goes down, I trust God. Even if crypto dies, I trust God. Even if NFTs don't make it, I'm not sure they're making it, folks. I trust God. Some people, what are NFTs? Don't worry about it. If you don't know, you're better off. Listen. God's interest returns are better than any stock market. And I don't know what I'm going to end up with by the end of this life. 
I'm not worried about what my bank account's going to say at the end of life so I have a legacy. I would rather know what my giving account says so I have a legacy in heaven. And there's about 30 of us who just agreed with that statement. Because we've got to shift our thinking. Because we, 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 we do things, and some of us are really good with stuff, but you're missing the one thing. Remember the rich, young ruler who came to Jesus? Yes. Jesus, what do I, you know, what do I got to do to be saved? And Jesus listed off all these things, and I got to do this and that. And he goes, yep, I do all this, I do that. And then the last thing he said to the rich, young ruler is like, sell everything you have and give to the poor. And the rich, young ruler turned and walked away. Because he didn't have a heart to do that. He said he had a heart to serve God. But a heart to serve God is always wrapped in giving. Because as Pastor Rob said earlier, God is the greatest giver. And God reproduces a giving heart within us. When you have a giving heart, you can't help but give. You have to give. It burns in you to give. You just have to bless others. You have to bless God. You have to be obedient when you have a heart to give. You know you want to buy that thing, but God says, instead of buying that thing, I want you to give. And my only thing is, I just want to be obedient. You know, this year, my wife and I did something different. We were asking God for some financial miracles on a personal level. So we decided to ramp up are giving to another level. And so we ramped up to another whole level. Just ways I had never done before. Now, maybe some of you have done this, but I've never done it to this level before where every single dollar somebody gave me, I, I tied on. I mean, every dollar. Not just what I earned, not just what, I mean, every single dollar. Every time I got something, I gave, I gave at least 10%, if not more of it away to God, to the kingdom of God. I watched more money come in this year and pay down more debt this year than I've ever seen in my entire life. The two things we did. We gave above and beyond anything we've done before. The second thing is that we did is we prayed together in a spirit of unity. And we believed God for breakthrough. See, it goes together. Sometimes... We want the blessings of God, but we have disunity in our house. And when you have disunity in your house and you want the blessing of God, it's not going to work. No. And so you, 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 I've had some people say, well, pray and, and that I'll get this breakthrough, but I know that they don't have unity in the house and it's going to be a problem because I look at Psalm 133 and it says the anointing flows. The unity comes when, when unity's in the house, the anointing will flow. Doors are open, favor will be given. And for me, the only unity my wife and I have, and the only unity that makes sense for me, is if I, we're both united to God. See, I can't unite to her, and she can't unite to me, but we can both unite to God, and then we're both on the same page. The problem is, when I want my wife to unite to me, or she wants me to unite to her. Now we're going to have disunity for the rest of our lives. But when I unite to God and she unites to God and the threefold cord cannot be broken, there's unity that takes place and God releases the blessing upon my life. You know, we started the year with James 4, 6. Humble yourself. Pride will destroy you. Humble yourself and God will lift you up. God will, And sometimes money is the biggest, the biggest, biggest recognition of pride in people's lives. They'll, they'll humble themselves just like the rich young ruler, humble themselves towards everything else except his money. And I know it's seven days to Christmas. And I know you've got some things on that list that you want. And maybe you've already started to buy. And I'm not challenging your Christmas list. Because I understand where some of us are at. But I want you to hear me this morning. God, you get God's attention when you're generous. And some of us have been asking God for miracles. We've been asking God for healing. 
We've been asking God for our children, our grandchildren. We've been asking God for breakthrough. And when you give in faith and you put a faith seed in the ground, Bible says when you sow, he'll make you reap. And you sow in giving to God and you sow with the spirit of unity with God. Your first unity is always with God. Stay, even if your whole household's a mess, you stay united with God. Because you don't have a chance of getting them united to you. But you stay united with God, you lock in with what he wants you to do, and pray that the other ones lock in as well with what you want to do. Because you need to have a spirit of unity to see the fullness of the blessing of God. But even if the others in the house don't come along, you can still see the partial blessing of God in your own home because your obedience to God works. My obedience to God works. That's why I'm always careful. I don't know who I'm saying this for this morning. I really don't. But that's why I'm always careful whenever two become one. Because whenever two become one, make sure two are actually becoming one. Because you're becoming one and it's going to affect everything. It's going to affect your health. It's going to affect your, it's going to affect your, your finances. It's going to affect your children. And so when you say yes to becoming one, make sure that your one is not one to each other, but your one is in Christ. Because if it's not, you're going to have trouble. If I have two people that are one in Christ, they won't have marriage problems. If I have two people that are one in Christ, they won't have any marriage problems. Pride is a nasty spirit. Pride is a nasty spirit. And it happens... So much in our finances, we don't even realize. And we're talking this morning about the great needs of children. Our children need help. Our kids need help. They're struggling. And God has given us, some of, some of us, really the ability to help. And I realize everybody can't do a lot, but some can do a lot, some maybe a little. And whatever God puts on your heart. But I want you to pray. And in fact, before you pray, I'm going to ask Yashus if you'll get up and if you'll grab some brochures. If you have a brochure, if you don't have a brochure, if you don't have a brochure, raise your hand and the ushers will give you a brochure. Because I want you to grab one of these. If you don't have one of these, now you can go on your phone, go to Faith Church Rock. You can go online, Faith Church Rock. Go on your app. You can go on your app and you can see... The giving there, you can see loving more. And this is right on there. There's a PDF there you can download, you can look at. But maybe you don't have one of these, and you should also have an offering envelope. I want to encourage you to have an offering envelope. Because I, I, I want you to get this this morning. I want you to understand what God wants to do in your life. There's things that God wants to do in your life that will change your life. There's things that God wants to do. And I can't emphasize enough, giving is so important. There's some believers that never understand the power of giving. They just never get it. They just struggle with understanding. And you say, well, pastor, I don't, I don't want to give it to the church. Fine, then give it to another church. I don't care. This is for you. The risk I take this morning is you getting mad at me. Some pastors won't preach like this because they don't want congregation and get mad at them. I look at it different. If I don't preach like this, some people will never get set free. And so I'm willing to take the risk for your freedom. I'm willing to take the risk for the Holy Spirit to speak to you. And I want you to grab the brochure and I want you to take a minute and I want you to look through and I want you to pray. Maybe you're with your spouse. Or maybe you're with your family. And I want you to ask the Lord is there one of these ministries or two of these ministries? Or do you want to just give in general? I'll tell you how my wife and I do it. My wife and I, we give every week to Loving More. We give every single week. And we've done it for years. We've done it before it was called Loving More. We give missions every week. And we also give, at this time, we'll be giving an offering today. We'll be giving a one time. So we do both. But as you look through this, you also see that you can support weekly, monthly, yearly, you can give. If you want to give, maybe say, well, I don't have a lot, but maybe I can give something a week. Sure, you can. And you can see these ministries that you can support. And you can pick your own number. You don't have to pick. These are just ideas. Because when we started doing this, people would say, you know, I want to give to a specific ministry. I said, you can. 
we've got a way to do that right on our app. You've got a way to do that right on, you can write it right on the envelope. And so I want you to think about giving this morning. Giving. You know, this week is supposed to be about Jesus. This week is supposed to be about God giving us the greatest gift, Jesus Christ. That's what it's supposed to be. I think sometimes we turn it into it's about our children. It's about ourselves. It's about what I want. I don't care. And I say this very sincerely. I don't care about Christmas gifts for me. I just don't. And now my family's always very nice. Now that I have older kids, I get bigger gifts. I don't have to slide money to them and go, here, buy this for your mother. So they're good givers. But none of that matters to me. I want to be a great giver to God. And I want to just be open to God and just pray and ask the Lord, is there some of these that I should do? Is there something that somebody, maybe you want to give a different one every week or every month. Maybe you just want to give in general. Like I said, that's what my wife and I do. But the reason I wanted to point that out is because on the back page, there's a listing of all of them. And on the back page, you can see there's a giving code. And if you say, I want to give specific to this ministry, it'll go right to that ministry. Well, pastor, how much do you take off the top? Nothing. Well, how much does the church get for administration fee? Nothing. It goes right to these ministries. We don't take any of it. And so if God speaks to you, God shows you, maybe you want to take this home and pray about it. And I realized this morning you may have come in for a different reason. Maybe you came in because you're struggling with this or that or you just needed prayer or you just wanted to worship. I understand that. But giving could be one of the greatest breakthroughs for your life. This is for you. There's offering envelopes if you want to use one at the end of service. We're getting ready to close in a few minutes. You can bring up an offering envelope here to the front or the back. There's little stanchions there in the back that you can put them in the kiosks. You can give online. You can text to give. I also want to let you know if you have the means. Maybe you have stocks. Maybe you have crypto. If you go on our app, it says give stocks and crypto. We, we are now with a company called Overflow that makes it easy to give. Easy to give stocks and crypto. You don't even have to go to your stockbroker. You don't have to do any of that. You can give right that way. And some people have the means to do that. And they have the ability. They could give largely that way. And if God speaks to you to give out of your stocks, out of crypto, whatever other way, you can give online, you can text to give, you can do all that. But we're going to pray this morning. We're going to pray for these ministries. And I'm going to ask God to bless these ministries. I'm going to ask God to bless your life. I'm going to ask God to bless your home. I'm going to ask God to bless all these ministries that are on the front lines. I want you to understand most of these ministries, most of these guys, these ministers that are out there on the front lines, they're not rich. They don't have money. They're not taking a big salary. They don't have money that you could think. You'd be shocked. Some of these ministries, this pastor, the leader doesn't get anything. He might get housing or he might get food. But you'd be shocked at how some of these people live because they're just sold out to the vision of helping children, making disciples, sharing the gospel. So I want us to pray. We're going to pray over these ministries this morning. Father, we thank you for the privilege we have to give. Lord, I know giving is your heart. And I know, Father, these ministries that you've asked to support Ask us to support, Lord. I thank you, Lord, that you have sustained them and you've helped them. We ask, Father, that you'd prosper each one of them, that this year that they would have more than enough money to do what they're called to do. Lord, we pray for agape Christian counseling. We ask for the blessing of God upon them. Lord, that you'd bring more counselors in. We ask, Father, that you'd bring finances in. You'd bring the building space that they need in. We speak a blessing over their team, over Greg Harp and his team, We ask, Father, that you would just give them the wisdom and the direction how to help people with their mental health needs and with the children that they minister to. Lord, give them grace in this season. Father, we pray 
for Pastor Peter DeJesus and his wife Mildred as they launch Victory Church. We pray, Father, for the building that they would have. We pray for the finances that they would have. We pray for the leadership team that they would have, that they would have more than enough to be able to start. And, Lord, that they would see Lancaster, Texas, saved for Jesus Christ. Lord, that they would see the harvest come in. They would blow up quick, Father, that you would bless their ministry, you would prosper them, and that every dollar they need would come in supernaturally. And you'd show them what they need to do, where they need to go, bring in the team that they need. Father, we pray for Destiny Christian School. We pray for every student that comes in, every family. We pray for those who have great needs financially in our school. We pray, Lord, that you would help families and parents financially. Lord, that you would help our school. Lord, with all the needs we have, facilities, teachers, the things that are going on, we ask for the blessing of God upon our school that we continue to raise up children that fear the Lord, that love the Lord, that serve the Lord. And Father, that you would give us favor with Destiny School, Father. You protect our school from every work of the enemy. Father, we pray for Open Door Mission. We pray, Father, that you would bless this mission. Lord, we ask for those that they take care of for every need, every homeless person, every person that comes in with addictions, every person that comes in needing a meal, needing a warm bed. Father, we ask that they would encounter Jesus Christ. And that, Lord, that you would save souls more than ever before and that you'd provide every dollar that they need to serve the, our community and that you would prosper them. We thank you for the Open Door Mission. We ask for Compass Care today. We ask for the blessing of God upon Compass Care, upon Jim Harden as he leads this mission. We thank you, Father, that even in the midst of great darkness that you've shined a great light on this ministry. And, Father, we ask, Lord, that you would give them a better building. We ask, Father, that even the one that got blown up, that you would give them even a better building and that you would save more girls and you'd save more babies and you'd save more homes. Father, we thank you that even out of this, Lord, they're launching an Albany campus. So, Father, we thank you for now Albany will be having the light of compass care, Lord. We speak protection around each one of their campuses, around their workers. We come against every death threat that they have to deal with, Father, that you would surround them and that you would give them favor in the name of Jesus. We pray for Mana Ministry. We pray for Pastor Lynn Lucas as she ministers to the people on Long Island. We pray for every family in need, those that are in great poverty. Lord, we just ask, Lord, that you would meet their needs and that they would encounter Jesus, that they would receive salvation. We ask for a great harvest of souls. We ask for children to be saved. We ask for children's needs to be met. We ask that you give Pastor Lucas money provision of buildings. We ask for a new building for her. We ask, Father, that you would provide everything she has need of in her team, in Jesus' name. We pray for Zion Ministries in the Philippines, and we pray for Pastor Norman and Linda Holmes. We ask for the blessing of God upon this ministry. We ask for the anointing of God upon them today. Lord, as they train up pastors, as they train up Christian leaders to go into all the world and preach the gospel, Lord, that they would be have more than enough money that they would have the facilities. And Father, that you would open up new cities to them, new regions to them, that you'd send these men and women of God into places that need salvation and that you would protect them, even in the communist nations. You'd protect these young men and women that are going in preaching the gospel, that, Lord, you would cause them to have the right church, the right location, bring them the leaders that they need and continue to strengthen them, give them health now in Jesus' name. We pray for 11th Hour Christian Initiatives. We pray for Brother and Sister Ham. We pray for the blessing of God upon them. Lord, that you'd provide for every dollar that they need, every assignment that you have for them, both locally and around the world. We thank you for protecting them as they just got home from Brazil. We ask, Lord, that you would surround them and give them their next assignment, and that, Lord, every person they're supposed to help, Lord, every ministry they're supposed to help, Lord, every child they're supposed to help, Lord, we just ask, Lord, that you'd bring them more workers, you'd bring them more people that would be able to help them in the name of Jesus, and finances would come. We pray for Pastor Eugenio and his Hands for Africa Ministries. We ask, Father, you'd bless him. Lord, that the community he's going into with no churches, with children that are suffering, with families that have nothing. We ask, Father, that you would bring uh, money into those communities, that they'd be able to establish finance, uh, food and finances. They'd be able to establish jobs and careers. They'd be able to establish homes and families and, Father, churches that are being launched in there. Father, save whole communities through this ministry and protect Pastor Eugenio and all of his team. Keep them safe in the midst of great turmoil in Africa. Let them know, Lord, that you are with them and watching them and place your angels around about them. Father, we pray for Saving Grace Ministries. We pray, Lord, that as these men and women transition out of prison into society, that, Lord, you would give them favor, that, Lord, that they would be discipled 
and that they would know Jesus Christ. They would never commit those crimes again. And Father, that you would open up jobs for them. You would open up career paths. You would open up their destiny and their future. And we pray for all the ministry teams that you'd bring them the right leaders and the right facilities and the finances that they need in the name of Jesus. We pray for Brother Ted and his ministry that is preaching the gospel around the world. And we ask, Lord, that you would bless his ministry, that you would lead him to more souls this summer, this year, this whole year, wherever he preaches, that he would see thousands of souls saved for the kingdom of God, that you would give him favor both in America and around the world, that he would be able to see souls saved and every dollar he needs, we call in in Jesus' name. We pray for King's Kids Village. We pray for the Stearns. And we pray for this family that leads it and every family that's there. We call in new families. We call in people that'll take on these children that have no parents. People that'll take them on. We call in the facilities. We call in the finances for the food, the education, the workers. And Father, that you'd bring the people that need to come, be a part of this ministry and support them. Bless John and Molly. Bless their children. Bless Linda and Lydia and Trey. And Father, I just ask for the blessing of God upon this ministry as they minister to those children with no parents, that you'd bring them parents, you'd bring them families, that they would be able to grow and they would know Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior. We pray for Pastor Mike and Julia Peace and the remix here in Rochester. We ask, Father, as they minister there in, the, in our city, Father, that they would see more souls saved this year, that you would give them more opportunities to see people's lives transformed as they disciple children and disciple adults. We ask for favor to come upon them, that you'd bring them workers, you'd bring them provisions, the food that they need. Lord, just open up favor to them. Lord, we declare that not only at the four block radius, but take it out to eight blocks this year. Let them see more people saved for the kingdom of God. We ask for Rayma International in Haiti. We pray for the blessing of God upon this these children. Lord, we pray for this medical mission as they don't have much. We ask you to bring them great doctors. We ask you to bring them great nurses. We ask, Father, you bring them all the supplies, the medical supplies that they need. We ask, Father, that they'd have food for the thousands of families and children that they feed every day. Bring them food, bring them provisions, bring them bedding, bring them houses, bring them families. Father, protection around them. Lord, just surround them. Lord, cause millions of dollars to flow through them to be able to see Haiti saved for Jesus Christ. We pray for Project Lighthouse. We ask, Lord, that you would cause this team as they we go out this year that you would cause us to see more souls saved more lives impacted people that lord you'd send us on assignment where you want us to go who you want us to minister to and we declare rochester shall be saved and that lord sharing the gospel would become easy making disciples would become easy and that you would just help us lord become even more effective to reach the souls for jesus christ this year in the name of Jesus. And we pray for all of our heroes of faith, for the Davidios, for Sister Faust, for the Joneses, the Maxwells, Sister Pio, the Serianos, the Walkers. We pray for the presence of God to come upon them, that, Lord, you provide for every one of their needs. We thank you for their years of service. And we ask, Father, that you would bless them and that you would prosper them with health. We say the blessings of God upon them financially. Father, they wouldn't lack for anything. And that, Lord, wherever you still want to use them, whatever assignments you still have, that, Lord, you'd open up those doors of favor for them. We speak the blessing of God upon them. We thank you for their life, and we thank you for them now in Jesus' name. Amen. I want you to stand with me this morning. We have buckets up front. We're going to march around. Just hold your offering envelope up. Father, we thank you for this today. As we give our offerings to you, I ask, Father, that you would see our generosity. You would see it, recognize it. And, Father, we would honor you, we'd obey you. And, Father, that 2023 would be the greatest year we've ever had financially, physically, spiritually. And we ask for the blessing of God upon all of our children, all of our children's ministries. Father, we ask that you would help them, Lord that our children's ministries would grow. Lord, that we would see children come to salvation, protect them from the evils of this world. And Lord, just open up more salvations, more discipling, and more children being ministered to like never before. In Jesus' name, bless every family, every person. In Jesus' name, amen. In the name of Jesus, come on up and you can march up. We're gonna go out rejoicing this morning. If you wanna give online, give online. If you wanna just give an offering, just give an offering. However you want to do it. We bless you. We'll see you tomorrow night prayer. Saturday night from 6 to 7, Christmas Eve. And next Sunday, one service, 10 a.m. One service, 10 a.m. next Sunday for Christmas Day. We love you. Have a great, great week.
Thanks again for listening to our Faith Church podcast. We are so glad you chose to listen to this message. Be sure to subscribe to our podcast to receive notifications when we release new content. Also, follow us on Instagram and Facebook at Faith Church Rock to find out more information about what is currently happening at Faith Church.